Well, welcome, friends, to the June edition of The Shepherd's Voice here on Domestic Church Media. We are happy to have you on this lovely June day, and I'm going to turn it right over to the host of the program, Bishop O'Connell. Bishop, welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to have you sitting here. It's good to be sitting here. So maybe tell us a little bit about how you're feeling, first of all. Yeah, as uh, you know, I had a bit of a scare, health scare. Last week, I had been progressively uh, short of breath and was coughing terribly. And uh, and as you know, every good Irishman doesn't go to the doctors till he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I kind of delayed and delayed and delayed. And then it just the, the shortness of breath started to scare me. So I went to the doctors. And long story short, they found blood clots in my legs. And uh, I was admitted to the hospital immediately. And they did a CAT scan and found a massive blood clot in my left lung and a, uh, another blood clot in my right lung. So I was had multiple blood clots. And, of course, that's a very dangerous situation to be in. I mm. was in critical care for a while. And then uh, um, they started me on a heparin blood thinner around the clock. And uh, we, we transitioned to a solid heparin to a pill form. Mm. And they... Uh, Discharged me. They said, you know, you can just go home and rest a bit. And I laughed when they said that. And I said, oh, I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm just well, we'll make a, it as restful for you as possible uh, here great. today. But I want to, before I, we uh, leave the topic, I just want to thank everybody because mm-hmm. the prayers and the good wishes of pe- so many people throughout the diocese, our priests, our sisters, but especially our lay people have been just very humbling and overwhelming. And I'm very grateful to everybody for their Good prayers. Keep them going, and uh, we'll we'll progressively get better. Very good. We're happy to hear that. And I know we have guests here in the studio. I'm gonna, I know you have other things that you want to cover before we do that, but uh, Father Jason Porzinski is here with a couple of uh, guests. But I'm going to turn it over to you, and then you uh, cover the topics you need to cover, and then turn it over to Father Jason and take it from there. Great. Well, as you know, Father Jason is the uh, uh, Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Trenton, and I'm going to let him introduce his guests uh, today, but let me just begin. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, June the 5th, I will be ordaining a priest for the Diocese of Trenton, Arjoy Balasillo, a priest who comes to us from the Philippines and has finished his seminary. And uh, I want to say that one of the greatest honors and most humbling privileges for a bishop is the ordination of a priest. And in the prayer and the laying on of hands during the ceremony, uh, the bishop passes on the gift of the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ to another, to a brother, to a son. I, I can remember, Jim, so vividly, 11 years ago, my first ordination uh, to the priesthood of, of seminarians for the diocese. I remember walking into the cathedral and the music swelling and the crowds and the excitement. There was a buzz in the cathedral, uh, a beautiful procession of deacons and priests and others, and seeing the faces of the families as I walked down the aisle and the the excitement of the ordinands. And at the ordination ceremony itself, the prayers, and I say this to the young men as they are... uh, being uh, preparing to be ordained, you know, listen to the prayers, you know, let the prayers move your heart. 
They are so profound and so instructive. They tell us what a priest is for the church and what a priest must be. There's so many poignant moments during the ordination ceremony. There's the call that is given and the answer. I am ready and willing, you know, I, I am ready and willing. There's the readings, the Word of God, as always, during the Mass. And there's an instruction that is given after a very brief homily. and The prostration, you know, that's always very moving to people mm-hmm. when they see the young men, some of them not so young, but they're, they're, they prostrate down the center aisle. And we pray the prayer, the litany of the saints. We call in the communion of saints to pray for these men. Um, the promises that they make, uh, the gifts that are presented to them, the imposition of hands, the sign of peace, all of these things uh, are very poignant moments. The first Mass that a priest celebrates, he celebrates with his bishop at the altar at the ordination. And then the first blessing that the new priest imparts, he imparts to the bishop. So it's, it's, it's a very moving ceremony. It's a beautiful sacramental ceremony. It's the culmination of years and years of studies. You have to think, though, as you as you look at the ordination ceremony, that much has happened leading to the moment. As years of seminary, my dad, my dad was funny. He used to call it solitary. <laughs> You're going into solitary, but I'll tell you, it was hardly a solitary. It was a great community experience, of studies, you know, highs and lows, like in any profession. But you you know, that's that's the key to to realize here. This is a profession as well as a vocation, and you have to be prepared to do something uh, with the priesthood that's given to you. So you study the scriptures, you study theology, you study pastoral counseling, you study all of those things so that you're ready to be a good and effective and holy priest. But the key to it all, I think, is discernment. Discernment. You hear people today talk about a crisis of vocations. But I can tell you honestly, now I've been a bishop here for over 11 years, and everywhere I go, everywhere, I ask if I see young men, uh, altar servers or young men hanging around or uh, people in the parking lot, I always ask, hey, did you ever think about becoming a priest? I think they, people start to expect it from me when they see me. Um, they, don't, they, they haven't started running away yet, so mm-hmm. I keep asking. Uh, the vocations are there. Every place I've been, Somebody says to me, yes, Bishop, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think the problem is, if you want to call it a problem, is uh, th- that these young men who are out there, and some of them are listening to this program, I know it, uh, the problem is they don't know how to discern their vocation. They don't know the questions they should be asking themselves and maybe the questions they should be asking some others, some priests or others who are uh, have a little bit more experience at life. So that's the key. The key is discernment. And I uh, want to turn the program over to Father Jason Parzinski, our vocation director, because he leads the discernment effort of these young men in the diocese. And so, Father Jason, you want to introduce your guest, and, uh, and we're, we're glad to have you here on the program. Bishop, thank you for the opportunity. It's it's great to be able to have this um, opportunity to join with you to discuss discernment. And also with us, we have Anthony Gentili, who is entering First Theology at St. Charles Seminary. He's been a college seminary force for the past four years. 
And so he's joining us this morning. And then also Nick Alessio, who is just entering seminary and will be going to Mount St. Mary Seminary. And he graduated from Worcester. If you guys want to say hello. Yeah, no, thank you, Father. It's good to uh, it's good to be here. I've been, you know, I haven't really done this before, but it's just a great opportunity to just really get in a lot more involved in the diocese. And it, where did you graduate from? I graduated from uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's it's kind of a mouthful, but uh, <laughs> it's um it's what did you Worcester. study, Nick? What was your subject? What was your major? So I studied computer science. I, you know, thought that was going to be what I was. You know, doing growing up, and um, I had aspirations to be a software engineer, and so, so WPI ended up being the place for me. Great. And Anthony, how are you excited to be entering into major seminary finally? Yeah, it's a long time coming. I entered seminary at a high school, and I thought this day would never come, but <laughs> the four years have flown, and I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, Bishop, part of why I asked Anthony and Nick to join us is that they're both in different stages of discernment. And I think one of the aspects that many of the men I've talked to over the last couple of years that you appointed me to this role is that there's not really a wide understanding of what the discernment process looks like or what are the different parts of discernment. And, and the first and most important thing is, is that discernment begins with recognizing that there is a call, there is something there to which every single person has a call. And the question is, what is that call leading us to? And when we're trying to discern that on our own, sometimes we lack the clarity um, and the ability to really decipher through what are our own personal wants and desires from what God is trying to uh, draw us deeper in awareness of and towards. And that's where the discernment groups for those who think that priesthood might be a possibility um, or, or just a, a sense of growing deeper in that awareness um, can really be helpful and informative for them in that discernment. Uh, Nick, what was it that kind of tipped you off that maybe this is something that uh, is worth your thinking about, the priesthood? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> you know, I would go back to the way that I really came back to the Catholic faith, um, you know, growing up, my family and I didn't really practice the faith that much, and it wasn't until I actually went to college that I rediscovered my faith, you know, just really through the sacraments, I believe. Um, and that conversion that I had through the sacraments is is really just something that I realized that I want to be able to to help others to experience Christ in their lives through the sacraments, you know, really the same way that I did. Um, and, you know, that naturally led me to, as I was exploring my faith, to explore the concept of the priesthood. Um, and, you know, that, that, that always starts with, um, you know, I went to, I would go to daily mass and, you know, especially on like a Saturday morning mass when you're the only person under like 55 years old. <laughs> um, and people notice you're, you're a young man who's, who's taking his faith very seriously. Um, it's it's something that's not really seen that much. Um, the the question of the priesthood really came up, and I think just the way that I came back into the faith, um, I really had that desire to share the priesthood, and that's when I started to ask those questions. See, you know, the the thing that is is uh, is very interesting, isn't it, Jim? The the uh, coming back to the faith, the experience of the sacraments, and just uh, going going to mass, and uh, 
I'm really thinking about what God is calling mm-hmm. you to and recognizing the call in the midst of that experience. You know, and as Father Jason, I'll tell you, um, many of our uh, discerning young men uh, have a similar story. You know, the, these, these are not, uh, you know, Catholic cadets. These are young men who are living in the world and going about their business. Many of them don't even go to Catholics, haven't even been to Catholic school. A lot of, a lot of our young priests uh, have gone to public school, and that's not a knock on Catholic school, but it's just to say that uh, God's call comes in many, many ways. So you, re- you really just try to be attentive to it. Jim, have you ever noticed that like in your parish and in your travels uh, Young people that you see and you say, geez, I bet you I'm one of those over 55 people who sit <laughs> daily mass and see these young people who come in. But I think what uh, Andy spoke of speaks to your point, Bishop, is that the call is there. And here's a, a young man who came from a family who wasn't even at the time practicing their faith. Yeah. But the call was there and he heard the call and he discerned the call and he answered that call. Yeah, even not coming from necessarily an overly uh, uh, uber Catholic, uh, yeah, uber Catholic <laughs> environment, right? There's nothing wrong with Uber Catholics. No, not at all. Not at all. It's uh, just to say that the, the, calls, the call is out there. And there, as I say, there are many, many young men who have said to me, yeah, Bishop, I've thought about it. Uh, and the question is, what have you done about it? And what do you want to do about it? And I think one of the most important parts is, is both Nick and Anthony, and even in my own experience, and Bishop, in your experience, that, that every, every priest's journey begins with having that first conversation with another priest about what they're experiencing, what what they're beginning to understand in the midst of that vocation that they're beginning to recognize from God. And I think that's the most important thing is to encourage young men who may be called to the priesthood to reach out and have that conversation. And that's really the aim of what I do as vocation director is to provide those opportunities. And oftentimes when I first meet with an individual, the thought is, well, I didn't. I wasn't ready to enter seminary, so I didn't want to reach out and talk to you until now. It's like, well, you're not going to seminary tomorrow, so <laughs> there is no no reason to wait. And I've talked to guys on the phone where they're like, well, I'm not ready to talk yet um, about this because I still need to kind of process through and really kind of figure out what God wants. I said, well, that's the part of the journey that we do together. Uh, you know, and it, it's a challenge because when I'm working with guys, we have a number of guys who. Uh, will participate in our discernment events, and we have a number of guys who look to uh, enter the application process. In the last two years, I've been a vocation director. We've been fortunate to have six or seven guys actually begin the application process, and so they've they've already done some level of discernment formally with the diocese at that point to enter into the application, which in its own right is a discernment process in light of the essays and the reflections that are, are a part of that process. And in the midst of that, that journey, uh, half the guys end up realizing this isn't the path to move forward in uh, for one reason or another. And I think that is the important part is that, you know, when you reach out, we're not going to pressure you to enter the seminary. Our, our, our aim and our goal is to help you to recognize what God is genuinely calling you to. And discernment's not only about discerning whether or not one has a vocation to the priesthood, it's also about discerning whether or not one has the ability and the call to live a celibate lifestyle. And, and from the perspective as a diocesan vocation director, I'm also looking at, you know, is that call to priesthood and celibacy meant to be lived out in the diocesan priesthood versus religious life? And so those are the three parts of discernment that are really critical to be able to come to some level of clarity 
And I always tell the guys that we're not looking for absolute certainty. Um, absolute certainty comes in that moment when the bishop lays hands on your head and ordains you to the priesthood. Until that point, we're looking for that, that more likely than not to take the next step. And it, and it really is taking a series of steps that ultimately lead you to priesthood if that is, in fact, your vocation. And so it's, it's a matter of focusing on what is the next step, what do I need to gain insight into in order to be able to have confidence in making that next step, and then just continuously doing that going forward. Father Jason, when, when you're talking with the, these young men, and I, I, I have been actually with you uh, during some of these conversations or in the same room and, and heard you speaking over the phone or over the computer, um, what, what are some of the major obstacles that, uh, that you run into? I'm asking a question that I know the answer to. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because there's a few different obstacles that seem to come up. I think the biggest one is um, a lack of support from family. I think that tends to come up the most. Um, in some cases, um, the young man's an only child, and so there's a lot of pressure to to carry on a family business, to carry on the responsibilities of having the next generation come after for the caring forward of the name. Uh, Nick, you, you're, you're one of example of uh, where your family wasn't a strong practicing Catholic family. So there's the, the where did this come from and how did that happen? I don't know if you want to speak to that. Yeah, I mean, I can say that, Father, I had never in my life considered the priesthood. Um, even, you know, as I was growing up and receiving all my sacraments, um, the, the priesthood seemed very alien to me. Um, never something that I considered and never something that I had really talked about as a family. Um, and then, you know, like I mentioned, it wasn't really until I was, I was able to have that independence growing up and exploring the faith on my own and realizing, you know, one of the things that really got me into it was like just realizing that priests are normal people and that they have a lot of the same aspirations and, and, and motivations that, that I do, and, and realizing that, you know, I could see myself in, in this group of men. Wow. Anthony, how about you? we got to get you in the act here. Yeah. Um, my family wasn't uh, extraordinarily religious, but they were religious. I mean, they went to church every Sunday. Um, I remember, though, distinctly, uh, when we first moved to Jersey from Brooklyn, uh, we were at St. Benedict's in Homedale, and I remember seeing the priest. It was the pastor, Father Dan Swift, at the time. And I was really young, and I saw him celebrating Mass, and I said, I could do that. Like, maybe maybe I'm supposed to do that. But I was so young, you know, what did I know? Time went on, and I went to, you know, I finished middle school, went to high school. I went to Manalapan uh, Public School, and I just kind of did my own thing. You know, I was going to church with my family every Sunday, and— um, it, there was nothing, again, extraordinary about our religious uh, spiritual life in our house. It was just normal, you know. And it was through exploring the faith on my own that I became more interested in uh, Catholicism, in our in our church, in our faith. But, you know, then I started dating this girl in high school, and I said, man, there's no way I'm becoming a priest now, you know. <laughs> um, but it, there was always this feeling um, that, this kind of like gnawing feeling in the back of my head, you know, maybe I'm supposed to do this. And even when I was dating this girl, I was like, no, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. 
But even with those feelings, with those inklings, it was still kind of like pulling teeth for me. Um, I had things I wanted to do, and I, you know, I wanted to raise my own family. Um, but then I realized, you know, uh, this is something I have to do. Um, you know, right now it might be really tough, but I need to do this. And when I first told my parents, it was a mixed reaction. My dad was pretty enthusiastic, and my mom was kind of not. Um, <laughs> it took some convincing, but, you know, she came around, and now the bumper stickers on the car and everything. <laughs> that, that was my experience. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the benefits of of the discernment program that we put forward is that as an individual begins the discernment process, they also learn more about their, themselves and what God is calling them to that gives them the ability to explain more clearly to their family members and their friends what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and where God may be leading them. I think that is a daunting thing to share without a context or without a sense of, of, of true understanding of it. And, and I think that's really the key. As I was speaking recently with a, with a new individual who reached out, he has no idea how to approach his family on this conversation yet because, again, another example where the family is not really a practicing family. And so I told him, I said, well, there's no need to, to talk to him yet. I said, why don't we talk a little bit, start to process through this, and, and give you an ability to explain this uh, to your family so that when you do sit down with them in a couple of weeks, you'll have an ability to answer some of their questions and be able to kind of lead them through what this process of discernment looks like. And, and I think from guys who have entered seminary uh, that we've worked with, find that it's helpful and being able to do that. And we're also able to kind of steer guys towards some great resources that are available, uh, like books that are available and written for parents of, of young men who are discerning priesthood and, and books in general that they might find helpful in answering those basic questions of what, what it's all about. I'd like yeah. to know how, I'm sorry, Bishop, Go ahead. how Nick spoke to his family about that, that your family wasn't necessarily practicing and you... Yeah, no, it was... Uh... I was very surprised by it because what happened was I was actually, my dad was driving me home from school for winter break. And so, you, you know, we're getting close to Christmas time. I figure like, okay, it's probably the right time that I, that I could tell them, you know, I've been seriously kind thinking of an about this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, my parents, they, they just know me so well and especially my dad. And so I, I, you know, I told him I was expecting to receive this like, you know, like, well, how could you do that? Like, you've you've just committed yourself to this this very technical, prestigious, you know, schooling. You know, sure enough, they were like, oh, yeah, your mom and I, we've known about this for <laughs> for a while now. We figured that's the direction you were going. Um, and, you know, I've just, I've been blessed. They've uh, been nothing but supportive the entire way. And, you know, sometimes what happens is when the young man who is discerning starts to show signs of that discernment, going to Mass, saying prayers, the kinds of books that they read, uh, making uh, visits to this priest, vocation director, it, it, it brings the family back mm -hmm. into maybe more consciousness. They receive an enormous grace, I would There's imagine. a great mm -hmm. grace there. And, uh, you know, none of this is to be critical of families. Maybe not every family is... Uh, a daily mass-going family, you right. know. I mean, the people are—they are where they are. But that's where God calls. God calls you where you are, and He leads you through that. And as Father Jason said, you know, there are many dimensions to the call. There's the call that you feel, 
And then you go, go talk to the vocation director and you try to discern over a period of time, however long it might be, and then you start to realize that the church is the one calling you as well, not just God's call to you, but the church is calling you and the church will test you and the church will challenge you and the church will put you through a period of formation to make sure that uh, what you're discerning and what you're thinking matches what the church is thinking for you. I want to touch on one more thing uh, before we kind of transition into a little bit more of what the formation looks like in both before you go to seminary and in seminary. Uh, But one of the other challenging obstacles that young men tend to put forward as an excuse to discerning is the fact that they have college student loans. And Nick is no exception to that. And, And really, we were really fortunate because just as Nick was was looking at jumping onto the application process, we also got reached out uh, by the Labore Society, which actually works with young men and women to help them alleviate that student loan debt so that it's not an obstacle or a barrier for them to move forward with God's will. And so, uh, Nick, if you want to just say a word about that so people know that there is hope if you have those student loans. Yes, yes, there is hope. I, I would say that, you know, the biggest aid to my discernment has been having <clears throat> just a community of people who, who you can relate to and who are in your similar situation. And the reality is there are so many men and women in this country who have these beautiful callings to, to be priests or, or brothers and sisters, um, but they have this obstacle of their student loans that is, that is preventing them from pursuing that call. And, you know, I was certainly in that situation going to WPI. And so the Labore Society what is so good about them is like, they have given me and others in my situation an opportunity to, to get those resources to, to fundraise for not only your vocation, but for future generations of, of priests and religious. And it has just been an incredible grace for me, not only because of that, but also because I realized like, I'm not alone in this situation. Like, there, there are so many others who... You know, they have this burden of student loans, and especially, you know, just with tuition skyrocketing nowadays. Um, it is, it's a very real obstacle for, for a lot. And it's an obstacle that I think keeps some guys from even making that first contact, sadly, because they see the amount of student loans that they have, and they realize as, as a priest they're not going to be able to make those monthly payments. Um, and so they don't even bother, uh, you know, initiating that conversation with us. And so that's one of the things that I do think is a challenge today, especially as more and more men that are, are entering the discernment process are post-college. And so there are ways, if God is calling you, he's also provided the way. And I think that's the important thing is that we're kind of highlighting. You know, if God's calling you from a context where your family may not be um, a regular practicing Catholic, God will give you the ability to present to them what he's doing in your life in a way that will will help them grow in their own faith. And if you have student loans, God will provide a means in a way um, for you to work through that so that you can respond to that invitation. I think that's the biggest key. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very real factor that has to be considered. But, you know, in life, no matter what you're calling, you know, you pursue your dream. And if the priesthood is, is really something that... Uh, is your dream you should pursue it you know and as many many young men have told me over the years guys who I have ordained the priesthood 
you know, we took different paths. We went in different directions. But, but it kept, this cape kept coming back to me. This, this just wouldn't go away, this, this interest, this desire, this burning uh, feeling that, the, that they're called for the priesthood. And, and as Father Jason said, you know, God, God will help. God will provide a way. I, I believe it. I remember when I—I'm I'm a lifer. You know, I went all through Catholic school and then entered the seminary in high school seminary. And I, I really had no idea about my parents', parents financial abilities or not. The seminary was, by today's standards, not very expensive at the time. But I, I remember my, the treasurer of the seminary— uh, told me many years later that my father paid for it in silver certificates that he had been saving. And this little priest, I loved him dearly, uh, and I had the privilege of uh, celebrating his funeral mass when he passed. Uh, he saved those certificates. And when I was ordained, he gave them back to my father. And that's something, some beautiful story, but uh, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. And where there's God's will, there certainly mm. is a way. So I want to jump into what the formation looks like. So we have there's two stages to formation, and we do what we call informal discernment in the diocese. So when a young man comes forward and wants to begin the discernment process, there's an informal discernment uh, program that we put together, which involves being connected with a pre-spiritual director to meet with regularly. Uh, where you can have that opportunity one-on-one to discuss what you're feeling, what God's doing in your prayer life. Uh, maybe a young man doesn't really have much of an established prayer life, and so with his spiritual director, begins to understand the different ways in which we can approach God through prayer and really develop and cultivate that relationship. Our discernment gatherings, which is small group gatherings, we do them at the Prasadi House for those that live in Monmouth and Burlington counties, and we do one in Point Pleasant for those who live in Ocean and Monmouth counties. And those small group gatherings, we do dinner, we pray evening prayer, we have a conversation uh, about different aspects of priesthood and discernment and and opportunities to hear other priest vocation stories, uh, which are always helpful and beneficial in connecting with the diocese. And we do different discernment events that are a little bit less formal. Uh, Like in August, we're going to be going to the Shrine of Our Lady of Chestahova. Uh, For those who are interested, uh, you can check out uh, more information on our website, godiscallingyou.org. And we have at the end of this month, actually, our priestly discernment vocation barbecue at St. John's in Allentown, which is on uh, June 29th, the last Tuesday of the month. And that's going to be really a great event. Uh, The bishop's going to celebrate Mass with us at 4.30 p.m. in the church. And then for those young men who are, are thinking about priesthood, have thought about priesthood, but maybe never reached out or spoke to anyone yet, and those guys who have been part of the discernment process and some of our seminarians uh, will be there along with other priests of the diocese. And it's a great opportunity to play games, um, get to have that opportunity to talk with one another, ask the questions that are on, the, on your heart, um, and, and get to know other guys that are in a similar boat um, as yourself. And so the informal process that takes place ultimately leads a guy to be able to make that decision you know, is God more likely than not calling me to enter seminary? Not to the priesthood, but to enter seminary with the possibility of priesthood. And when a guy arrives at that, we begin the application process, which ultimately leads them into the seminary, where the formation continues in a more formal capacity. And what I mean by formal is that you're no longer bogged down by the responsibilities of life outside the seminary. When you're in the seminary, as Anthony can tell you, 
it, it takes on a different nature in light of your focus being entirely towards that end. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, your whole life essentially becomes discernment. Um, it, I've had the privilege, I go to St. Charles Borromeo in Philadelphia, um, and I've had the privilege to have priests that, I mean, they really love us, um, they really care about us, and they really care about our discernment. Um, you know, when you go, you have a formation advisor and you have a spiritual director, and uh, these priests are working with you individually uh, to see where you're at, to help you through things, figure out what's going on. Are you called to the priesthood or not? Are you called to stay in seminary or not? And, you know, there there's classes and things like that, you know, there's an academic life, which is really great. I mean, I love it. Um, but these priests, they really care about you, and they want what's best for you. Anthony, what's the difference between a formation advisor and a spiritual director? Sure, yeah. So a formation advisor would be what we call uh, like an external forum. So essentially it's like what's going on in your life uh, in the community. How are your academics going, your social interactions, human formation? Every Thursday we have an apostolate. And that apostolate, you're assigned to go somewhere to perform apostolic work, uh, whether it's at a nursing home or a food bank or or something like that. Uh, I remember my last year, I did door-to-door evangelization with the Legion of Mary at a parish in uh, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And that was amazing. But your, your formation advisor helps you um, with the external things about your life. What distinguishes the spiritual director is it's how's your prayer life? And it's, it's like a confessor. It's someone you can go to when there's something going on, and you can confide in them, and they help you on the journey spiritually. Something more internal, really. Right, yeah. exactly. And I think that's, that's the key right there, as you highlighted. So you have the, the external activities that take place, how you're growing into that identity of priesthood in order to be able to discern, is this truly what God's calling me to? But then also the internal which is growing into that personal relationship with God as well as growing into uh, the man that you're capable of being and working through whatever challenges or issues or obstacles that, that you may have in your own life. And, and it's really that, that big picture uh, focus by looking internally and externally that allows a guy to arrive at confidence when you approach candidacy, which is that point when you officially petition the diocese two years before your ordination to the priesthood and say, I'm ready and I'm presenting myself to the diocese. I want to be ordained. And then in turn, the diocese responds by accepting that. And that's a, a neat ceremony that the bishop does uh, with the men at, at usually the, the retreat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, well, what, what we've been doing is uh, we've been doing the rite of candidacy uh, before the Christmas, uh, the Christmas dinner with the seminaries, when the seminaries are all home. Uh, rather than out in the scattered seminaries and various seminaries, we bring them all together, and they're going to have mass together before Christmas. And so that's the time when, in front of their peers, they uh, they make their declaration of candidacy, and then we celebrate that together. That's a uh, a great moment and a great event. And you know, I'm just so very thrilled that uh, we use two very fine seminaries. Uh, here on the East Coast, St. Charles Barmeo Seminary in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, uh, which runs both the college and a theology program. Uh, the college division uh, is smaller, uh, and all of our men who apply to the, di- to the Diocese of Trenton 
who have not finished their college degree or need uh, some special uh, academic work will go there. Uh, and then as they move into theology, they'll either stay on at St. Charles or they'll go to Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland, which is a very uh, attached to a university and a very, very fine school. We have many of our students there. You know, I, uh, it, oddly enough, I, I'm from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia originally, so St. Charles was always a very important institution for us. We had the ultra boy picnics there and trips there and uh, but Mount St. Mary's also has a special uh, part to play in my life because uh, uh, that was my first assignment as a priest was in the parish in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And so I used to go over to the seminary and visit all the time. So there are two places that I'm very familiar with, but they're two excellent pro- places. And a- as Anthony said, you know, the priests who work in formation, they really love and care for the seminarians and they nurture them and bring them up in their vocations. And they're not afraid to challenge them. They're not afraid to help them to grow, um, and they're also not afraid to compliment them and encourage them in the, in the best ways that they can. You know, Father Jason was describing this great program which uh, he has devised. Um, you know, he, he did a lot of study of dioceses all over the country and things that they do. And, you know, I was privileged to, uh, to talk with him about this last year, and he was so excited and looking forward to it, and then the pandemic hit. So he couldn't have the gatherings. He couldn't have the get-togethers with the young men that he was hoping for. But now that uh, we're moving beyond that, and 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 this idea of of coming together on June 29th at St. John's Parish, St. John's Church in in Allentown, I'm really looking forward to that too because that that'll be a great opportunity. There'll be prayer. There'll be fraternity and community. There'll be opportunity for guys to talk together with one another, but also with priests and other seminarians who, who, uh, uh, who are in, 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 uh, in process. And so, so it's very, very exciting. This, this program that Father has put together is, uh, is a really good discernment program. And, uh, and that's, that's, what it's, that's what we're all about. Thank you, Bishop. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that we're finally getting back to... Uh, uh, running some of these different uh, aspects of the program uh, in light of COVID finally uh, dissipating enough where we can start to gather again. I think the key, I just want to kind of go back to this one thing and, and kind of get your guys' perspectives, Anthony and Nick as well. And, and I think one of the perceptions that some men have is that, you know, when you first feel that call to possibility, there's a possibility of becoming a priest there is a thought that you look at the priest that you know or that you've encountered and you immediately say, well, I'm not like them, so clearly I can't be called to a priest or I don't pray enough, so I can't be called to priesthood. Um, and we tend to come up with a million and one reasons why we and, and who we are as an individual don't fit the mold of, of the priest. And I, I think that idea that there's a mold that you guys are forced into, that all priests are, have been forced into in seminary, is one that one is not real. Um, as, as you can tell just by looking at the diversity among the priests, uh, but also in the seminary, right? Uh, uh, Anthony, you want to talk on that? Yeah, there were guys from all walks of life. I mean, so when I first got to seminary, the day I moved in was the first time I'd ever seen the place. So I was thinking it was going to be guys walking around, hands folded, you know, but it was <laughs> it was not that at all. Um, there were guys from public school like myself. There were guys from Catholic school. There were guys who were homeschooled. There were guys from all over the world, 
all different age groups. I mean, they were, and they were all so unique. Everybody has their own interests. Some guys love sports, some don't. Uh, they, they all had their passions and their hobbies and they were themselves. They, they knew who they were. Um, and it was their unique identity, their unique personality, their unique interests. When they, when they mixed with the other guys who had different interests, different personalities that made the community so great. And we, we really loved it. And, you know, you have guys who probably outside of the seminary context would have never even talked to each other, you know, and they're best friends in the seminary. And it's really beautiful. So there, there is no mold. You are who you are. The point of formation is to make you the best version of yourself, to make you the best version of yourself so that you can be a good and holy priest for, for people in your diocese, for the people of God. But, yeah, there are all sorts of, all sorts of guys who are in seminary. Very, very different. It's great. To, I had the opportunity as bishop to uh, to spend time with uh, seminarians. Not not a whole lot of time, but when I do have the opportunity, I do enjoy it. But I always have uh, more formal occasions when I can speak to them, address some of the things that I've observed, or give them the kinds of encouragement that I want. But in every single instance since I've been the bishop that I've spoken with the guys, I say... Two words to them, and what are those two words, fellas? Be normal. Yeah. Be, be normal. normal. That's what I say. Be normal people mm-hmm. and grow in the midst of the people of God. Absolutely. And, you know, God calls us in the context of who he created us to be. And all the gifts and the talents that he gave us, he's intending those gifts and talents to be utilized in the capacity of the vocation in which he's placed upon our hearts. And so when we receive the calls of priesthood, he's not asking us to abandon the nature of who he created us to be. He's asking us to let go of any weaknesses or brokenness that we might have and embrace the totality of who he designed and and destined us to be um, so that we can become the best priests possible. And I think that's the beauty of it. Nick, you're an avid climber, which I think you're the first in the seminary for us. That's right. uh, Who has that passion. You might not find too many guys to join you on that. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna we'll slowly convert them. I, I have hope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Anthony is a huge Roma soccer fan. We That's won't right. hold that against him. Oh but, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I told him for his uh, college seminary graduation gift, I sent him Jose Mourinho to help train <laughs> yeah. his team. Uh, you know, so there's 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 differences and there's passions uh, with each of the guys, and and, and that's I, I really think what makes it unique uh, and also amazing. And the discernment opportunities are really a great place for guys who've thought about priesthood to realize that, yeah, they have different interests than some of the other guys that might be there. But we all have something in common when we gather together in these discernment events, and that's that we've recognized that God is calling us to be something more than where we currently are. And, and what that something more is might very well be priesthood. And in the context of the discernment gatherings, that may very well become the the clarity that is needed and the direction that it, it, it turns out to be. And again, it might not, um, but at least you can arrive at the other end. As I said, when I was first entering discernment, what really was the motivation was a friend of mine uh, in college. We were fraternity brothers and we were coming back on Christmas and we stopped at a game works to play video games on the way home for Christmas break. And it was there playing video games that he and I had a conversation about how we didn't want to be 30 and old and wondering what if 
We 30 are and old. old. I know, right? So I'm not <laughs> older than I, I don't think 30 is that old anymore. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, and so, but we both were, were of this mindset. It's like, we don't want to be the what if, what if. And so we made a pact playing video games. So parents, if you ever wonder, video games are not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> but it was there that got me the courage to reach out and to have that conversation, as did, as did my buddy Rick. And through the course of discernment, I ended up entering seminary. Rick did not. Um, I have ultimately ended up becoming a priest and Rick became a tort lawyer, um, you know, and so, but we both had that, that sense of a calling when we were growing up and in college, we reached that point where we didn't want to just kind of wonder like, is God calling me or is God not calling me? And so we took the steps to reach out and, and enter discernment and I was called and he realized he wasn't. And that, that shows you the beauty of the discernment process is that, you gain that clarity and that confidence in being able to make the right decision. You know, that's a very important uh, uh, thing that you're saying, Jason. You know, when you reach out to the vocation director and you become part of the discernment program, if in the process you come to the recognition or to the clarity that this isn't for you, that's not a failure. Not that's all. not You're not failing. If you went to the seminary and during the seminary discernment and formation period, you realize, well, geez, this is, that's not a failure. You, 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 you've done your best. You've opened your heart to the Lord, and the Lord is showing you another way. But when you come and talk and see, and I think one of the beauties of the program that we run is that, that the young men come together and they say, hey, you know, there are other people who are, who are uh, like me in life, questioning and challenging and filled with all kinds of doubts and uh, all kinds of other good things and we bring them together and we we start to talk to one another and we realize hey this is uh, there's something to this there's something much more to this and uh you know all of us on 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 the road to uh to to the priesthood and to a deeper life in the church you know as as we know this coming weekend the feast of uh the holy body and blood of our lord uh, here in the Diocese of Trenton, in fact, in all the dioceses in New Jersey, uh, we are going to lift the dispensation that we've had, the, the, the charity that the dioceses have expressed to the people by uh, lifting the obligation to attend Sunday Mass so that we could, uh, could beat back this pandemic. And now that the time is to come back to church, and the obligation is back on us to attend as it was before. Uh, you know, the, we're little by little coming back to some normalcy in our life and certainly some normalcy in our spiritual life. So I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to uh, to welcome uh, as many Catholics as possible back. The obligation uh, to attend Mass is returned to us, unless, of course, you're sick or you feel that you've been exposed to COVID or, or something of that nature or you're, you're just so afraid of the situation. But... Uh, uh, I think it's great. That's an aspect of normalcy that the church is seeing, and we're be going to be seeing priests and one another as we had beforehand. So that's a that's a great thing. But the, you know, as you go to mass, as you spend time before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, uh, I'm asking everybody to uh, please pray for vocations. And in addition to praying vocations, if you see a young man out there in the crowd or some, you see someone who has a, a great opportunity to, uh, to uh, or has an opportunity or has the occasion to think about the priesthood, go up to them 
and say, hey, yo, did you ever think about becoming a priest? Plant the idea, plant the seed. Uh, you know, we have a wonderful vocation website that Father Jason put together, and he'll say some more about it. Um, www.godiscallingyou.org. And those young men, maybe, who are listening to the radio program or your families, pass the word on to the young people that you know. Uh, and uh, you'd be surprised. God is calling you to something, and just maybe, just maybe, it's the priesthood. And this website, Bishop, as you know, we didn't waste the time during the pandemic uh, lockdown. We we took full advantage of that as the vocation team came together. We came up with some concepts. We researched vocation websites from across the country and actually some dioceses even across the world to gain an insight as to what everyone was doing. And then we asked our seminarians and some guys who were discerning uh, what they were looking for to get a lot of feedback uh, on how we should redesign our vocation website. And so a lot went into this and in working with the developers that we hired. And it was a nearly a year-long project um, that, that really kind of, I think, came together greatly. If you're someone who is thinking about priesthood, or if you are someone who knows someone who is thinking about priesthood, direct them to our website, um, www.godiscallingyou.org. On there, we have some great videos, uh, as well as some written content that really can help bring some clarity to what priesthood's all about, how to discern, and how to reach out to us so that we can help you in that discernment process, as well as information about the upcoming uh, discernment barbecue on June 29th, um, and more information will be posted soon about the pilgrimage to the Shrine of Our Lady of Chestahova and our small group discernment gatherings um, that will be uh, restarting uh, later this summer. But the most important thing is, is it gives you an opportunity as well to hear videos from our current seminarians. We have a number of videos there on that page, as well as an opportunity to read some short bios about who these young men are who responded to God's call, who are discerning formally in the seminary, who are preparing for ordination to the priesthood. And, and also, it's a great way to know who you're praying for if you want to pray for vocations. Uh, you'll see pictures of them with where they're from, what parish they're connected to. Uh, and so I encourage you to pray for them as they need the prayers, um, as they continue to discern God's will. We also have some great uh, videos by priests from across the diocese uh, that we put together uh, that really give you a perspective about what priesthood is all about, as well as the diversity, as we said, is that we're called in the context of who God created us to be, and you'll find that in these short videos on the website and so we really worked hard to put a lot together so that there would be something uh, for wherever you might be in the, the stage of discernment that you're at, to aid you, to help you go a little bit further, and to help you to uh, find opportunities to uh, discern with others. Jason, Father Jason, we only have about three minutes left. Uh, uh, could you say something about the program that you started last year, or was last year or the year before, called by name? the program that we do in the fall in the parishes? Yeah, so two years ago, we, we did Called by Name for the first time, which is a uh, vocation outreach program that was started by the Sierra uh, Club and has been tremendously successful across the diocese. We had um, a, nearly 60% of the parishes in the diocese two years ago participate in the program. 
And from it, we had accrued a list of nearly 200 names of uh, young men between 15 and 40 years of age. What do the people write in? And what is it? What right. Is it and so the two weekends that that sandwich uh, Vocation Awareness Weekend in no, week in November, we invite the priest of the parish to speak on vocations and to invite the par- parishioners to pray for vocations. And in the pews, we have uh, vocation cards. And those cards give parishioners an opportunity to write down the name of an individual that they uh, think might have a vocation. And so it's one of those neat things uh, to kind of empower the church, as we see in the Acts of the Apostles, to call forward men to to serve in the church as priests. And so it's, it's something that we're doing again uh, this November. And so we're actually in the vocations office getting prepped already with the development of posters and content to disseminate to the parishes, and we're hopeful that we will have uh, an even greater response and participation this November. That's wonderful, and it's a, it's something that we can all look forward to. Uh, I'm so grateful to you, Father Jason, for all your work, uh, seen and unseen. Uh, great stuff, and for Nick, and for Anthony, and Nick, congratulations on your graduation, and good luck as Thank you, you enter the seminary. Anthony, as you continue... Uh, your formation and your progress. Good luck to you. Have a have a wonderful summer, Jim. This was a, a great opportunity for us in the diocese to be able to to share a little bit about vocations with our people. And uh, a reminder to everybody again: the the obligation is back on to get to mass on Sunday, so and Holy Day. So don't forget that. And if I may, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Thanks Thank you, so Bishop. Much. And great to have you back. And Father, uh, I know, Bishop, you take your summer hiatus uh, in July and August from the program. Father, will you be back in the Bishop's time slot? I'd love to be back. All right. Come back I'd with some more seminarians back. and seminarian talk and promote those vocations right here. That's great. So have Thank a great you, summer, Bishop. We'll see you in September. Thank okay. you, gentlemen. We'll Thanks for you. all the prayers, everybody. God bless you.